In respect to the videos on this channel, people really seem to like it when I combine psychological concepts with popular culture. They tend to be my most popular videos, whether it's the psychoanalysis of Silent Hill or the unconscious madness of The Shining. One question I have received from some people is what made me decide to study psychology in the first place and then apply it to video games and movies. Well, believe it or not, it is thanks to a YouTube video I saw in late 2016. I'm sure many of you have heard of a man named Jordan Peterson, the clinical psychologist from Canada who first came to notoriety back in late 2016 and who has grown in popularity ever since then. Well, back when he was teaching at the University of Toronto, he would record his lectures and post them on YouTube. One specific lecture he gave was what ultimately motivated me to study psychology. It was given back in 2014 on the famous Swiss psychoanalyst named Carl Jung. As my regular viewers already know, Jung is a mainstay in much of my content, and it's because of Peterson's lecture here that I started reading Jung. If it weren't for this lecture and Peterson's subsequent lectures, I would never have done videos on Silent Hill, Shadow of the Colossus, The Heart of Darkness, and more. Almost everything that Peterson brought up in this lecture is something I have gone out of my way to study. Almost everything I have studied from that lecture, and from other lectures, has been integrated into my own content. Except for one thing. There is one thing that Peterson brings up in this specific lecture that I have not studied. That is, up until very recently. The thing that he brings up is the subject of this new series of videos. Allow me to play you a brief clip from this lecture. It will serve as an effective introduction. Now for Jung, he wrote a book called Ion, for example, and if you want to have nightmares for the rest of your life, that's a really good book to read. I mean, it's a, it's, that book just terrified me, because Jung, what he did in that book basically was investigate the fantasy that he believed that all of Western civilization had been predicated on for the last 4,000 years. Now, because Jung really believed that what drove human beings was, and it, it's a Piagetian perspective in some weird ways, was the revelation of the successive unconscious revelation of fantasies were at the forefront of the, our movement into unknown territory. So it's like, there's unknown territory, and then there's known territory, but there's this weird intermediary space between them. And that intermediary space where you kind of know but kind of don't know, that's where your imagination plays. And of course that's the case, right? Because when you encounter something and you really don't know much about it, you imagine what it might be. And so it takes on the structures of your imagination. And so in some sense, what you're dealing with as you move through history, you expand your domain of knowledge into the unknown, is you encounter your own fantasy. Anyways, if you want to know about that, you could read like volume 9 and 9, 9.1 and 9.2 of Jung. One's called Archetypes of the Collective Unconscious, and the other's called Ion. But like it'll take you a while to crack them. You have to beat your head against those books quite a bit because what, what Jung is outlining in some sense is so shocking, it's almost impossible to grasp. Once you get the picture, all of a sudden things flip around because you understand what he's talking about. But before then, man, it's, it's, it's tough going. The one thing about this lecture that has perpetually intrigued me was Peterson's citation of Jung's book called Ion, and how it supposedly would give those who read it nightmares for the rest of their lives. Naturally, upon hearing this fact, Ion was the first book from Jung that I tried to read. I wish somebody could have told me that this would end up being a bad idea, but not because the book gave me nightmares. 
at first. The reason why it was a bad idea is the same reason why you don't start watching Game of Thrones in the middle of the fifth season. Carl Jung wrote Ion expecting that those who read it would have read a substantial amount of what he wrote leading up to it. When I began to understand Jung's more basic concepts like the shadow, the collective unconscious, uh, psychology's links to religion, Ion began to open itself up to me. When that happened, I started to see what Peterson was talking about. I started to understand what it was that gave him nightmares. Now, granted, he's likely being somewhat facetious when he says you will have nightmares for the rest of your life. Yet, there's likely some uncomfortable feeling motivating that choice of words. After all, when I had the opportunity to briefly talk to Peterson back in late 2017 at one of his public appearances, I talked to him briefly about Ion, and when I did, his first response to me was, Oh, that's a terrifying book. I think it's fair to say that if something terrifies you, it's something that you tend to think about on a regular basis. It's something that has permanently altered your character in some way. I think it's fair to say that because when I reread Ion and started to get what Jung was talking about, it really helped me to understand the motivating forces that drive Peterson and his utterances. Much of what he said in his public biblical lectures and his university lectures seems to branch off from the content of this book. With that in mind, I thought it might be useful to explain to people what this book says. My mission with this new series of videos is to go through Ion and do a video for each chapter. I will present the basic message of each chapter, the arguments Jung presents in favor of that message, and how these contents might terrify somebody like Peterson. I believe this will be useful not just to people who are fans of Peterson, but also to people who aren't. By understanding the psychological and metaphysical assumptions that drive somebody like Peterson, one can critique them. We can determine if they have some sort of value or if they have no value whatsoever. My approach to this content will attempt to mirror Jung's approach to his own content. As Jung said in the foreword for this book, he did not write as someone confessing faith, but merely as a physician, a psychologist. As I present the content in this book, I will attempt to present it as an unbiased researcher. Emphasis on the word attempt. I will try not to pass judgment on the validity of the content, but merely present it. That way you can derive your own conclusions. My understanding of this content will be based on my own interpretations, but those interpretations will be aided from two sources. On the one hand, I will be citing a study done by two Jungian analysts called the Ion Lectures, written by Edward F. Edinger and edited by Deborah A. Wesley. I have also watched several streams about Ion from a YouTube channel called Uberboyo. The two gentlemen who have done those streams, Stefan and James, have given me their blessing to do my own series of videos on Ion. To conclude this preface, I would like to provide a brief introduction to the first chapter of Ion. Let's start by laying out what an Ion is. In the simplest terms, it is a long period of time, an age if you will. Obviously the use of the the word ion can be subjective. The amount of time one refers to when saying ion depends on the person saying it. For Carl Jung, the type of ion he is referring to is that of the platonic month, which is a period of 2,000 years. As for what a platonic month is and why it lasts 2,000 years, here's a diagram to help you. This is from the aforementioned text, the ion lectures. What you see here is a basic diagram of the universe. The dot at the center is the sun. 
The dots orbiting the sun is of course the Earth at different periods of time. The big circle that encompasses all of this are the constellations in the sky. Note the astrological names given to each section of the circle. Note these two dots in the circle representing Earth's orbit. One says 1 AD, and another says 2000 AD. At any time between these 2000 years, if one were to look at the Sun from Earth at the spring equinox, you would see the constellation of Pisces in the sky. At the moment, the constellation in the sky seems to be moving from Pisces to Aquarius. Throughout the course of Ion, Jung focuses on the period of 2000 years, also known as the Ion slash Age of Pisces. He does this because throughout this period of 2000 years, there was a serious change going on in the psychology of the Western man, namely how the symbol of Christ entered the world and defined the age of Pisces as the Christian ion. Jung investigates why Christianity had such a strong influence on people from a psychological perspective. He investigates a lot of not just Christian, but religious symbology and the forms it emerged in during this age, namely the symbolism of Christ as the fish, and how that coincides with the age of Pisces, which is also symbolized by fish. Before we get to any of that, however, it is necessary to understand how Jung conceptualized the human mind. He does this for the first four chapters. It is only around chapter five that things become, as Peterson would say, terrifying. Once one understands what the ego, the shadow, the syzygy, and the self are, the contents of Ion open up. In the next video, we will start with the ego.